What's doing, everybody? Today is Tuesday, June 6th. I got a special guest, Zuby, joining me on the show. Plus, out in West Hollywood, there was a family-friendly pride parade that featured a BDSM performance. And Mayor Eric Adams in New York is now packing places of worship with illegal immigrants. And he says, your home could be next. I'm Alec Lace. This is The Alec Lace Show. What's doing, everybody? I'm Alec Lace, and for the last five years, I've hosted an award-winning podcast called First Class Fatherhood. For the most part, I've done my best to keep politics out of the conversation, but I cannot do that anymore. That is why I've decided to launch a new show, The Alec Lace Show. So hit the follow button, and let's preserve, protect, and fight for the American family together. The future is family. What's doing, everybody? Welcome to the Alec Lay Show. I am happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys today. If you're enjoying the broadcasts here live on Rumble, please get down there and help me share, spread the word, build up the channel. I'm going to have Zuby here with me on the show. Big honor to have him on the show with me. He's going to be here. Got a few stories to touch on just before he jumps on the Zoom with me. Don't forget, we are creeping up on Father's Day. A great Father's Day gift would be First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads. Book is available wherever books are sold. Pick up a copy on Amazon. It will make a great gift for any dad in your life. All right, a couple things I wanted to hit on here first before I bring Zuby onto the show. One of them, I, I know I, Pride Month continues to go on and go on here, but out in West Hollywood, they had a family-friendly Pride Parade, which featured... Melissa McCarthy, who stars in the Disney woke version of The Little Mermaid, and uh, she was uh, featured in this parade, which was supposed to be kid-friendly. You would think if you're going to announce that you have one of the Little Mermaid stars that's going to be in the parade, featuring the parade, it's going to attract even more children. So what do we see during this parade? Well, we see this group, some kind of leather community from uh, Los Angeles that's marching in the parade. And they've got a truck and they're simulating a BDSM act on the truck here. So I want you to take a quick look at this video and just see how disgusting it is. Bondage, dominance, sadism, and masochism going on at the family-friendly West Holiday Parade. And this is what people are always up in arms about. It's not so much that it's, oh, it's the, the gay pride. It's this type of stuff that should not be allowed out on the streets, but it's out here for children to see as well. And, you know, it's interesting because we see so many people, like, try to just justify so much of what's going on with the Pride Month stuff. Here is Catholic priest uh, James Martin, I, I should say uh, Jesuit priest. Uh, James Martin posts this on Twitter. I'll put his tweet up on the board. Can Catholics celebrate Pride Month? Yes, because it's not about personal vanity, but human dignity. I would ask uh, James Martin here, is this human dignity, what you're seeing going on? Is, is that the human dignity you have in mind? See, you want you want to accept some parts of what's going on with Pride, but not all parts that are going on with Pride. So it's very hard for you to say, oh, yeah, this is a human dignity being practiced here. Yeah, human dignity meaning that, you know, gays and lesbians have just the same amount of rights as everybody else does to love who they want, to live with who they want. N- nobody disagrees with that. Performing sex acts like this in front of the children, no, 
That's not human dignity. That's grooming. It shouldn't be allowed to happen in front of our kids. Do it all you want. It's been going on underground for years. No one cares. Don't do it and don't involve children. That's all. Do these things. Just like Governor DeSantis has in Florida, kids are not allowed to attend things like that. But when you open it up to the public and you allow children to go, it's a whole nother story. And a whole nother story taking place in Canada at St. Matthew's School where they're having this huge uh, Pride Month celebration for the little kids. This is a little grammar school. And look at the pictures here that I'll put up that you'll see uh, these kids. Here they are. You know, they run through the little rainbow. They're all carrying the pride flags. The teachers in the in the video here look just ever so happy to be here. There's a drag queen that's performing here in front of the kids. Oh, yeah, we love it. Right. And then here was here's the principal of that school. Uh, a woman called Charmaine Rumbolt. Uh, I'll put the tweet on the board here. There are days in your career that change you forever. Yesterday was one that I will cherish with my whole being for the rest of my days with the best crew a girl could ever hope to work with. And she's so proud. This, not, not educating the children, no other educational accomplishments have scored high on her card here. Yesterday was the one I will cherish with my whole being for the rest of my days. Nothing else in the school. The kids graduating, the kids are getting an A on the test or getting their grades up. Nothing brings her more joy than to see the little children being entertained by a drag queen. And that's what's going on in Canada for the Pride Month. And expect that coming to a school near you because this is what's going on. And of course, it's never about uh, the children. No, no, we're not. We're not indoctrinating the children. Well, according to what we're seeing, yes, you are. Uh, so that's what's going on there. And also, you had this. Uh, th- I thought this was interesting. One more thing on this, just because it's so ridiculous. Here was this doctor uh, put up this tweet uh, about Dylan Mulvaney asking, uh, "Is this person a woman?" It was Doctor Ahmad Malik puts up, "Is this person a woman?" So you get two. OBGYNs that respond to this, right? Or gynecologists. Gynecologist here, this is Michelle Quinn. The answer is yes, and you're a bigot. Not a good look for a physician. Here's the other response. Uh, OBGYN here, and yes. The answer is yes. Move on and stop spreading hate. Well, these are supposed to be trained professionals that are helping women uh, as OBGYNs and as gynecologists, and they're telling you that this Dylan uh, Mulvaney, who we know is not a woman, but it is a woman, and you have to play along. But the thing is, Dylan Mulvaney is never going to need a pap smear, but Dylan Mulvaney will need a prostate exam. But the OBGYNs are just going to just pretend to go along with this whole thing. So it's a little ridiculous. Pride Month, you know, continuing to get out of control a little bit here as we. Um, we continue to get deeper and deeper into the Pride Month festivities. Now, I wanted to switch this over before I get Zuby on the Zoom here to join me on the Alec Lay Show. Uh, Eric Adams has no idea what he is doing in New York with the illegal immigrants. He has no idea. He's in over his head with this entire thing. He's trying to ship them out in the middle of the night to upstate New York. He keeps getting busted on it. Uh, I believe lawsuits are coming from certain communities uh, where he is sending the illegal immigrants because he doesn't know how to handle it. We, we covered it last week. He's putting them in school gymnasiums. It's got the parents are outraged. You're putting, well, the school isn't attached. To, the gym isn't attached to the school. 
schools. So you're packing them with hundreds of illegal immigrants that are unvetted. No one knows who they are. They're putting them in a school. Now Eric Adams has an even brighter idea. We're going to put them all in places of worship. That's right. Listen to Eric Adams tell you about putting them into the places of worship and then listen to where he wants to put them next. An amazing return on our investment. It is allowing us to have asylum seekers be a part of a community because that's the best way for individuals to really incorporate themselves in the daily lives of New York City. Up to 50 houses of worship will be able to take part in this program to start with discipline and we're executing on it. It is my vision uh, to take the next step to this, to go to the faith-based uh, locales and then move to uh, private residents. Uh, there are residents who are suffering right now because of economic challenges. They have spare rooms. Uh, they have locales and there you go. So if you're lucky, maybe you can get an illegal immigrant in your bedroom uh, before the holidays. This way you can all celebrate together. Uh, it'll be one big happy family. And Eric, Mayor Adams, all brought to you by Mayor Eric Adams. He is way out of control over in New York City. He doesn't know what to do with this problem. Nobody knows what to do. But the answer is to get rid of the illegal aliens, to not allow them to come into the country, maybe build a wall, maybe do something uh, instead of just allowing this this entire country to be overrun with illegal immigrants. But we all know this is completely by design. All right. So as I said here, we, you know, obviously we are in the Pride Month and hitting on it here with some of the catastrophes that are taking place all across the country. I figured it'd be a great idea to bring Zuby onto the show here. Zuby, uh, he, he blew up. You've seen him on Joe Rogan. Uh, he's got a tremendously popular uh, show. Real Talk with Zuby. He's a rapper, author, public speaker, coach. He's popular all over social media. It's going to be an honor to have him here. I said Pride Month is here, and he is the man who broke the woman's deadlift record over in Britain. Uh, did so back in 2019, uh, making a point about uh, men playing and competing in women's sports. Let's see if I can bring him in here now. Uh, Zuby, can you hear me? All right, let me bring him in. All right, joining me now, Zuby, welcome to the Alec Lay Show. How's it going, Alec? It's doing uh, pretty good here. Uh, we are in the midst of Pride Month, so I figured I would love to have a chance to talk to the British trans deadlift record holder. So I, I, it's an honor to have you here. But I do want to hit you. Uh, we, we, we have seen a pushback here a little bit on what has really been like a transgender takeover of the Pride Month festivities here. And we've seen pushback as far as the athletes uh, like Leah Thomas. We've seen the pushback against them. Target, obviously, Bud Light. We're seeing a massive pushback there as well. Uh, is this going to be enough to convince our, you know, our little boys that they're not little girls and little girls that they're not going to be little boys? Is this enough, you think? It's not enough yet, but um, it's a much better position than it was a few years ago. If you think back to four and a, four and a half years ago, when I first uh, broke that British women's deadlift record, that was back in February 2019. So, you know, well over four years ago now. And at that time, very few people were talking about the issue. A lot of people were not aware of it, or they were in denial, or they thought it was being exaggerated, or they thought it wasn't going to affect them, it wasn't going to affect their children, and so on. And fast forward four years, and people see that none of these things are true. It's just been intensifying, it's been getting goofier, it's been stepping on more and more people's toes, more and more girls and women's rights, as well as people outside of that. It's starting to, you know, it's been affecting everyone in various ways, as long as they're willing to not sort of stick their head in the sand and pretend that none of it is going on, 
or even worse, go along with the goofiness under some false guise of kindness or self-compassion. So I think it's I think it's a great sign that there is increased pushback and that people are actually starting to make a, a dent in some things in some tangible ways. I mean, the the Target boycott, the uh, Bud Light boycott, those are, as long as those things are sustained, I mean, I think Target so far seem to have, what, had $12 billion taken off their uh, off their market capitalization. I mean, people need to remember that that's not literally losing $12 billion, but if something like that is to be sustained, then that sends a very clear signal to the market and corporations respond to money, right? They respond to things, you know, if you hit them in the pocket, if you hit them in the wallet, then those are the things that they care about because they do have stockholders. And I'm totally aware of the uh, ESG scores and the corporate equity index and things like that, that a lot of people are not aware of, which is why they keep pushing a lot of these agendas. But I think that if there is a prevailing movement of enough sane people just standing up and saying, no, enough, you know, not just drawing a line in the sand, but drawing a line in the cement and saying, no, you're not coming after our children. You're not, you know, going to be able to push this utter denial of reality and be stepping on all these people's toes. Then at some point they'll have to get the hint unless they want to, you know, totally go bust. And it seems like that's what it is, Zuby. It's it's the children. And you're right. To your point, I, I wasn't aware of the uh, women playing in men's sports. Uh, honestly, when Leah Thomas came up, that's when I first really started to look and say, "What? wait a minute, what's going on here? Like, And I think a lot of people woke up when that actually happened. But mm-hmm. you're right. You, your thing was back in 2019. At that time, I didn't know that there were women, uh, the men that were competing in women's sports. So yeah. uh, this thing has come and- uh, to a yeah, no, no, sorry, sorry to cut you off. I was just going to say that, uh, and you have to think that for me to even do that in 2019, I did that because I had been noticing it for years prior, right? Wow. I first started, I started really seeing that this was going to be happening in like 2015. 2015 is when I really started to see it. And then it just got to such a level that I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I literally looked up what the British women's deadlift record is. And I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to put this out here. I didn't know it was going to go so far. But as you said, yeah, you know, people discover things at different times. The news reaches people at different times. People start paying attention to things at different times. You know, people are busy. Um, but it's gotten to the stage now where I think the vast majority of people are at least aware of the issue, regardless of how they feel about it. So that conversation's opening up. You know, you've had the Matt Walsh's What is a Woman documentary that came out a year ago. That's shined a massive spotlight on it. I know people who watch that, even people who are more liberal, who watch that and are like, oh, wow, okay, this this is worse than I thought. And, you know, it's just open up their mind because that's what conversations do. And I think as the education of it gets more and more, uh, you know, people get enlightened about this stuff. When you start looking at what these transgender surgeries or castrations and mastectomies entail, and you start seeing the images of it, you, it starts to well, wait a minute, I'm for, you know, the LGBT, but I'm not for this. You know, some people will say, you know, the, the, even I think people that are that are transgender allies, they don't like it when it's going after the children. I did the one Navy SEAL, uh, Chris Beck, who came on my show. He was Kristen Beck and then detransitioned back. The LGBT community embraced him when he did the transition made a book about him, documentary, and then he detransitioned, speaking out against this stuff against kids, and they dropped them like a wet towel. And that seems to be the MO, that when you have these detransition stories of the nightmare of these kids or these people that have been scarred for life, they get totally shunned almost from the whole LGBTQ community. Mm. Well, the thing is, you have to remember that this this whole push is ideological. It's It's a massive ideological push coming from a very, very small percentage of people. And as far as I know, as far as I'm aware, as far as the people I've spoken to, the vast majority of people who are, you know, I mean, this has nothing to even do with 
you know, gay and lesbians, a whole other conversation, right? Like right. this, this issue actually has the nothing TQ. to do with yeah, yeah, it actually has nothing to do with those things, but it's sort of taken over under this same banner and umbrella. They've just kind of co-opted this entire movement. Um, but the vast majority of people who even fit into these categories, they're not in favor of males competing with females in sport at a competitive level. They're not in favor of putting men in women's prisons and bathrooms and private spaces. They're not in favor of trying to force and bully and you know cajole people to use word language that is biologically inaccurate or to force people to use words, punish them for going against the narratives. So it's a massive ideological push. Um, and once you see it that way, it makes you be less kind to it all. I, I, I've never been particularly, um, I don't give much quarter to, to this ideology because I, I see what it is. And it's not about, it's not truly about kindness or compassion or saving people's lives or, you know, any, any of the sort of fluffy language that they use. It's about pushing an ideology. And I would say a wicked ideology, um, a denial of reality. And you kind of need to just call it what it is. You can be kind and have compassion for individuals and people who may be struggling with varying things. It doesn't mean you need to be cruel or unkind to individuals, far from it. But the basket of ideas that all of this is being pushed under is extraordinarily destructive. It's a complete denial of reality, a denial of biology, a denial of science. And a you know, and it steps on a lot of other people's toes, right? You can't be trying to appease less than, you know, 0.1% of the population um, by stepping over the other 99.9% of the population um, with, with very serious repercussions for girls and women who are 50% of the population. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've been standing on that for several years publicly at this point, and nothing has really changed. I don't think there's much I can say about this issue that um, I haven't already said. I would just encourage more people to you know speak up and speak out against it. Yeah, very well said. And, and then and switching gears here too now, Zuby, because I know another thing that you've been uh, outspoken against, and I have been too since uh, 2020 with the Black Lives Matter, when they first put on, because I, I, like I said, I believe that the family is really the underdog, you know, in our country specifically here, the American family is the underdog. We have so many fatherless kids growing up in our, fa- in our, in our country here. The attack on the nuclear family has been coming for a long time and we're seeing the effects of it. We lead the world in fatherless kids, but just, just saying uh, when you see black lives matter had on their, on their mission statement, we are uh, look seeking to disrupt, destroy the Western nuclear family unit. I think that made a lot of people wake up and they eventually removed that from their website because they got so much pushback from it. But now we've seen fast forward to tape and we see them go bankrupt. And now it's like, well, wait a minute, 30 something percent of the donations is all that was used to go to charities. And most of them were towards trans charities and stuff. Mm. So I, 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 I know that you have been out, but I'm saying like, shouldn't like leagues like major league baseball and, and the NFL that were asking their watchers, their viewers, their fans to donate money to these organizations. Don't they owe them an apology? Shouldn't there be maybe some kind of rep- Reparations that Black Lives Matters owes to their donors and then pay back some of this money that they built from them? Yeah, well, it's been a scam. <laughs> I mean, by any proper definition of a scam, you know, people use the words scam and grift incorrectly a lot of times, but this is a genuine scam. This is a genuine grift. This is an organization and individuals who capitalized. Think about this. It's very dark to capitalize off of the unfortunate deaths of people to raise money, which you then use to embezzle and to invest in the stock market for your personal gain or to buy luxurious properties or to channel towards your own ideological causes or your political candidates, anything like that, all under the guise 
that you're doing this to help solve racism, help end police brutality, and so on. Um, it's worse than a normal scam, actually. It's worse than a normal scam because you're taking advantage of people's good natures and you're standing on the bodies of dead black people and saying, hey, if you care about black people, give us money. And then they're taking this money after guilt tripping everybody and using that for their personal fortunes and needs. So I don't know all the rules and ins and outs of this, but that sounds criminal to me. Um, I think the organization's a complete scam. I've said this for many years to, you know, it wasn't popular when I said this that publicly back in 2020. I will tell you of all the 140,000 social media posts I've ever put out, 150,000 plus, that one tweet is the one that I received the most pushback for in not, not just online, but in real life, real life, personal, personal relationships, stuff like that. People did not understand how and why I would go after something that is called, quote unquote, Black Lives Matter. But now that's been totally exposed. So I certainly feel vindicated. I can say personally, I've received zero apologies um, for being right and people attacking me for being right. Um, but at the same time, the the truth always prevails in the end. And so I think, you know, hopefully, maybe so, maybe maybe someone can come up with um, a genuine a genuine movement and a genuine organization that is supposed to that that, that genuinely helps these people. I mean, I, I know I know that these do exist, and maybe we can start giving them some more promotion. But I think it's good that um, you know, this organization's been it's existed for uh, I don't know about about eight year about eight years at this point. I, I, I think believe. since the Michael Bell. I think it has since then. My, since yeah. then. Yeah, Michael Brown, right? Um, so Michael I think Brown, it's, right? Yeah, I think, I think it's about about seven seven or eight years that they've been getting on getting along with this grift. So. I think it's good that it's been exposed. Um, I would actually genuinely love to see a, a a true movement about, you know, I do think that we live in a society where we say that Black Lives Matter, we say that all lives matter, but oftentimes people don't really behave in that manner um, in terms of the things that they support or don't. And I would love to see, um, you know, I'd actually love to see a genuine movement that's more, you know, pro-humanity, pro-life, pro-human beings, and genuinely trying to address the things that are killing a lot of people far earlier than uh, they're supposed to die. So, you know, if we truly care, then those are the things that I think society should be pushing. Amen. And I don't want to take away from people who are out there doing good because it's, but they use these slogans like, you know, Black Lives Matter, gender affirming care. They're very crafty with the way they word these things. They say, well, how could I be against that? I mean, so, and and we've seen people get, you know, uh, suckered in by it. And and then before I have to get you out of here, I want to switch gears one more time because I know you had the book come out, uh, The Candy Calamity. Um, the importance of good health and balance. I've had a bunch of those authors. I've done a ton of interviews with those guys. I love what they're doing with the Brave Book series. I always highly recommend it uh, to families that, that that listen. And But your, your focus was on the good health. And now Lizzo just posted yesterday to her Instagram uh, her new Yiddy uh, shape type of uh, uh, thong, underwear, whatever it was. And she put this out there and it's absolutely just pictures of her celebrating obesity. And oh, childhood obesity is a serious, serious problem in this country. What is the damage that an influencer with the reach like a Lizzo has on the youth in this country? Yeah, sure. Well, I generally avoid talking about individuals or attacking individuals directly, but I can certainly talk about the the general thing. Look, obesity is one of the biggest problems in the USA, period. Um, the leading causes of death in the US are, as far as I believe, heart disease, number one. Um, and number two, I think, is cancer, many of which are 
influenced by obesity or can be worsened by it. So glorifying or promoting or celebrating or attempting to normalize obesity is genuinely deadly, right? This is what I, this is what I, I think that this sort of idea around quote unquote body positivity or fat acceptance is the opposite of compassion. I think it's a very toxic form. Of, you can, you can kill people with compassion, right? You, you can be so deluded with your compassion that you end up enabling people, encouraging irresponsible behavior and ultimately killing them, right? This would be like telling people that it's, it's healthy and it's good to smoke or to use uh, hard drugs or to engage, you know, dr- engage in any other sort of highly risky um, behavior and doing it under the guise of, oh, you know, this is because we care about you or, you know, you're beautiful or whatever. And it's a complete lie. Um, it's not good. There are a lot of young, impressionable people out there. Um, it would be great if people were <laughs> less impressionable and easy to influence in certain ways. But the truth is people are, especially especially young people. So when you have an audience of millions, you should be responsible with that. And I think that's promoting and celebrating and normalizing something which you know to be the cause of millions of deaths annually all around the world and getting worse, then I, I would view that the exact same way as someone, you know, an influencer with millions of followers telling people, hey, you know, it's it's good to smoke or it's cool to smoke or even just it's it's okay to smoke, right? You can You can smoke as much as you want and still be healthy. Right. If someone was putting out that message or, hey, you can do all the drugs you want and you can still be healthy or anything like that. You know, I think people would immediately recognize the problem there. But for some reason, when it's obesity, which, by the way, kills more people than smoking, um, it's it's suddenly considered OK. And so it's backwards. Um, I'm very much in favor of health. You know, health really is wealth. Health is everything. And we need to stop shying away from that and individually and collectively be promoting and encouraging a a healthy standard it's it's something that's incredibly important it's it's valuable worldwide and actually given the state of the modern usa more than any other country um it's an incredibly important and necessary message especially coming off the the back of the last few years that we have just lived through where supposedly it was about you know saving lives and caring about people's lives and public health and you know they didn't even want to talk about the fact that 80 percent of the people who um had you know bad outcomes with this thing were overweight or obese and you would have thought that from the very beginning that's something that they should have highlighted in 2020 but instead they just you know pretended that wasn't the case and made it about you know the jabbed and the unjabbed and masks and all this other nonsense so um yeah i have a lot of feelings on that one i'll try not to be too long-winded but um i would i do my best to encourage people to take responsibility and you know work on their physical health it's why i've written two books on the subject yeah, awesome stuff. And, and yeah, I, I agree with you. And you would think during the pandemic, that would have been the time to really lean in on the health in this country. And one of the points, too, I would make, and I, I'm a recovering alcoholic and addict myself, and uh, alcohol is one thing that we still see, despite the fact that it kills more than 10,000 people a year just with drunk driving accidents alone. In 2021, there was over 13,000 people killed by drunk drivers in this country. Mm-hmm. And we're still promoting it. And it, it still sponsors uh, Super Bowls and NBA finals. And we still see alcohol being celebrated celebrated in commercials and stuff. And I, I, in my opinion, and I get blowback from this. I think alcohol should be treated the same way as tobacco when it comes to advertising in the sense that the only commercials we should see are the result of the lives that have been ruined by using the product. But instead, Sky's uh, sales rocketed uh, during COVID with, with, with liquor. Yeah, well, you know, this is this is where this is where, you know, concepts like liberty and freedom clash with 
people's health and well-being. Um, you know, that's just that's the reality of it. And so different people have different views on all these things. That's why I, I always ultimately come back to the point of personal responsibility, right? Hey, if you if you're an adult, there are these things out there in the world. There are these temptations, there are these vices, there are these substances. Personally, myself, I don't drink alcohol at all. I don't, I don't do drugs. I don't, I don't mess with any of it all. Right. Um, most people don't take that. It, it's funny because that's considered an extreme approach, right. right? Which, which tells you a lot about where our society is. Um, but I'm just like, Hey, you know, why would I want to intentionally ingest a poison into my body? And actually when I phrase it to people like that, they're kind of like, Oh, okay. You know, I, 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 I guess that's a fair point. Um, but yeah, you know, culture, society, things people are normal are used to things people get raised in all of these have a massive influence, but I think that at a minimum, we need to be pushing towards more healthy habits, um, you know, basic things, improving diet, improving exercise, getting people drinking water, getting enough sleep, you know, training regularly, not just for themselves, but they're for their families, for their communities, and ultimately for your nation, you should you should want to be healthy. Yeah, very, very well said. I could keep you here all day. I enjoyed the conversation. Last thing I hit you with here, I know you're a big advocate of Elon taking over Twitter. Is that something that you would consider moving your show over to Twitter if he starts to incorporate this thing and, and we see now uh, where we can start to profit from having our show over there? Is that something you would consider in the future? I would consider that I'd have to, it would have to be a good offer. Um, <laughs> it would have to be a good offer, but um, I'm certainly open to the idea. And um, I'll be speaking to Elon very soon. Hint, hint. So um, we'll see. Very cool. Well, Zuby, I appreciate your time here on the Alec Lay Show. It's been an honor to talk to you. Thank you, Alec. Appreciate you. All right. That was awesome. I really appreciate Zuby giving me a few minutes of his time here. Always an honor to get guests on the Alec Lay Show here. Uh, so far, Judge Jeanine Pirro. You've seen Senator Josh Hawley. And now Zuby has joined me here. I'm doing my best to grab as many good guests I can. Leave comments down below. Hit me up. Let me know who you'd like to hear from next on the Alec Lay Show. All right, so that's all I got for you guys today. Don't forget, I'm brought to you by MyPillow. Get over to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD. You can save up to 66% on your entire order and take advantage of all the deals that are going on over there. Again, don't forget, first-class fatherhood advice and wisdom from high-profile dads makes an excellent Father's Day gift for any dad out there. It was an Amazon, instant Amazon bestseller last year when it dropped. Get over to Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Pick up a copy for any dad in your family. Makes a great Father's Day gift. All right, I'm going to be back here on Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, streaming live on Rumble. I hope you can come back and join me then. Again, if you enjoyed a live broadcast, please get down there. Help me with a like, a share, a follow, anything you could do to help spread the word, build up the channel, build up the presence over here on Ron Rumble will be greatly appreciated. All right, so that's all I got for you guys. God bless all you parents out there. You are the underdog in this country. Uh, God bless uh, America. God bless our troops. And I will see you guys back here on Thursday.